Well, it's been a while since I said I'm sorry. Is that Nickelback? Why am I talking about Nickelback not even 30 seconds into this thing? I'm, what have I done? Who have I become? Um, first of all, forgive the dryer that's happening. Um, I have a washer slash dryer in my apartment. It's both in one. And like that to me is really exciting because I don't have to go to a laundromat. But also, um, the drying takes maybe a day and a half. <laughs> so, so I've been trying to dry this particular load of laundry for two days. And I just can't. I need some clean stuff. So I'm not going to stop it to do this podcast. So if you hear what sounds like, you know, the grumblings of a madman, <laughs> sort of thing. I mean, it sounds like a lot. It sounds like a bathtub draining. It sounds like a car starting or an engine revving. Anyway, forgive it. It all fits, you know, thematically into the th- into what is going on with me right now, which is a slump. So since, like, Sunday, it's Saturday now, so since last Sunday, I have been experiencing one of the worst lows of, see, there it is. Um, one of the worst lows I can imagine since Alan died. Usually it comes to me in spurts. Ooh, I don't like that word. Just decided that, put that under the category of armpit, which is my least favorite word of all time. It comes in waves, as a lot of people who are grieving know. It hits you and pulls you out to the sea for a little bit, and then you can sort of like find your way back, but it... It will be a bad night, or I'll have a bad morning, but I, or I'll have a bad day. Other than when he first died, I was able to sort of bounce back. And I'm sort of finding that really hard lately. And it's weird because it's not even... Like, it's even worse. This is, is going to sound crazy. But it's even worse than when he first died because it doesn't have that initial shock. The shock value was almost intoxicating. It was like a high... It was like being drugged and drunk. Like I was sort of like feeding off of this insane, I'm sure there's chemical evidence to back up what I'm talking about, maybe, or I'm talking out of my ass. But to me, there was almost like a stimulant. It sounds nuts. But as depressed and low as I was when Alan died, there was something about it that was like, my brain was working in overdrive and my body was like shutting down, but also speeding up at the same time. No, my body and brain and heart and soul had never experienced this before. So it was doing a whole bunch of things that I had never recognized. And so that newness was like weirdly a drug. Now there's nothing new about these feelings. I know what they are and I know what they represent And now it's just fucking obnoxious. Like, now it's not boring. Well, it's boring. But it's sad, and it's depressing, and it's heavy, and it's sloggy, and it's slow. And it's pointless for me because he is dead. (laughs) I know that must sound like I just said he is dead and started laughing, but okay, real quick. I can't believe I'm about to tell you this. One of my friends. Oh my God. 
we were talking about how I wanted to start one of those pottery places where you pa- you make the pottery and then you paint it. And I had a really great name for it, which is Kiln Me Softly. I'll pause for you to have brilliant, wonderful reactions to that obviously amazing idea for a name. My friend was like, that's not a good one. And I was like, yes, it is. It's got a pun. It has like what the pottery is. It's, I mean, like, it's great. What is your example? And his example was pot if you do, pot if you don't, (laughs) which is nothing. We can all agree on that. I don't have to see who's listening to this to know that that is a garbage phrase. However, I'm furious because I reference it more than I ever care to admit. So what my point was is if you could just roll the tape back as I was saying that these feelings of depression and sadness are so annoying because he's dead no matter what. So he's pot if you do and pot if you don't. It's not, we've like spoken it so much that it has meaning. It's so awful. Anyway. <laughs> but yeah, so he's, he's, he's dead either way. So, like, these feelings to me are... Everybody grieves differently. Duh. Okay. For me, that grief is hard because it knocks up against my personality, which is I don't like to wait or be... Imp- like, I'm impatient, and I don't like things that are pointless. I That's why I, I don't like just sitting around for a long period of time. Like, if, I, if we're just, like... If we have a lazy day, I get super antsy because I'm like, what are we doing here? Right? And I get a lot of that from Alan because Alan was like that. He always had to have a plan. He always had to have an itinerary. And as much as I was like the person that um, was okay with just sitting around and relaxing, I think when I absorbed a lot of his personality anyway, just that's what happens when you're with someone for so long. But now also that he's dead, I feel like I need to sort of be part Alan so that the rest of the world remembers and that he's not totally forgotten and his whatever legacy, but also like obnoxious traits like humanity lives on. So I also am now that person who's like, why are we laying around? I also have always been the kind of person that if I, we get together in large groups, I hate to watch a movie because I want to experience the human beings around me. I want to socialize. I want to talk. I want to learn from them. I want to play games. Watching a movie is just the same people in a room, all of their attention towards one thing. And it's bo- like, I could do that with anybody. I know that that might be a hot take and everyone gets together and watches movies, but I don't mind it when it's like a date night or it's whatever, but when it's like a group of people that I don't see that often, to me, it's a waste of time to watch a movie. Anyway, my point is I don't like wasting time. And especially now that my partner died at 31 because what the fuck YOLO. So when the grief hits me in a way like it has been hitting me this past week, and literally knocks me down. Like, I was on the ground. I'm no, not kidding here. I was on the ground of my apartment for the majority of a night. I could not get up physically. Dishes have been in my sink forever. I have a pile of laundry that just travels from my couch to my bed because I go the other place. So they just, it just switches. I, I'm living in squalor. And I don't have the energy. The only thing I can do is get up and go to work. Because at work, I have children that I teach. And that to me is honestly the only reason I get out of bed most days. So when this hits, it's like a waste of my time because I don't want to sit and feel it, but I have to, you have to. And this is a bigger thing because whether or not you've lost somebody, you still have to feel the feelings. You can't repress. That's why so many people are fucked. That's why my dad's the way he is because he repressed his anxiety and anger about the way he grew up. And then he just 
kept it all inside and never ever let it out and he thought therapy was a waste of time and now he's just a ball of stress I mean I don't know I don't talk to him but I imagine he's looking back on his life and realizing how it, it might have been different if he had just fucking communicated and opened his damn mouth so anyway that was the thing that I had to say about my dad which was fun that I wasn't sure was gonna surface but here we are it's not a good idea to not feel your feelings. Now, I'm not saying you have to shove them in everybody's face all the time, even though I do with social media. That's my outlet. And I'm sorry sometimes because it is a lot. But you can't just, you can't just let them, you know, but you can't bottle them up because, because you can't. I mean, you just can't. It's the way we're wired. You just have to let them out at some point. And so I have to sit in this foggy haze of pain and remember, remember, remember. Not that I don't remember every second of every day, but it really, there are days where it's like at the forefront of my mind. Like if I could just, if I could put, bore a hole in my skull, in my forehead, it would project like the night he died. Like it's so close to my brain. Whereas usually it just sort of lives in the back. I can access it at any time, but why would you want to? So I just had to feel it. And that sucks as a person that doesn't like to wait. I want to I wanna move forward. The other piece is that the feeling of it and the sitting and the being bogged down in it is, is realizing that it's real. And of course, like I know it's real, it's, but it's hard to describe. Like there are times where I just realize that if I let it, it could swallow me whole. It's a really powerful thing. A man was alive, was a person. I could talk to him about anything and he'd have an opinion. He had a voice and his eyes were different colors with depending on the shirt he wore. And he had moles on his face and uh, like he had this weird like button of skin on his thumb. And he had these, he was a he was a person like nobody else. And now he's nothing. Okay. And whether you believe in God or heaven or the afterlife or there were trees or whatever it is, you can't argue that he's not here anymore. He's fucking Thanos. Right. And that is so <laughs> hard to grasp on any given day. But when you're pr feeling particularly shitty and your brain is half mush and fog anyway, it is so easy to get pulled into just a black hole of despair because it's not ever going to not be that way. The man that I knew, I I'm never going to see him in that capacity. Maybe we'll both, I will see you in the next life when we are both cats from fucking Vanilla Sky, a movie he fucking loved. I can't believe that reference just came to me in my brain. So that feels like something. But anyway, it is, it's so easy to feel that just you see, it's like you're in a sinkhole and the strength and the bravery and all that stuff that everyone tells me that I have is that I just keep pushing through. But most of the time I find a way to not feel like that. I find a way to know he's dead and, and carry on. But when I really let it hit me and I didn't even let it this time, it came at me. I was not excited. I did not want it. I was like, get behind me, Satan. And it still was like, nah, 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 nah. I'm about to be here with you. And it's pushed and it's sat for a week. I can't imagine people who deal with that sort of thing every day who can't get up from it. And I'm not even going to say like succumb to the depression because it's, it's not, it's so easy to just sit in pain and wallow and yearn and miss him and be sad and be like fuck this and the world is fucked and no matter what we do 
there's no fucking point. And I wanted to do that, and I kept trying to do that, even when the people around me were like, hey, 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 I know who you are. At your core, I know you can get up. And I'm like, fuck you, you don't know fucking shit about me. When of course they do. I'm just mad. I just have grief on my shoulders, who's like whispering in my ear, being like, yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah, that's right, yeah. It's ridiculous how, like, cliche it is, but it is. So easy to just not wanna. I guess... I wanted to say that, like, as I'm sort of seeing the light at the end of this particular tunnel, knowing that there's miles and miles to go before we sleep, so many tunnels in my future, this one was a particularly rough one. And if you are going through something that is really, really hard and you are in it right now, I want to tell you to fight and I want to tell you to keep going, but I, because I know you can, I also know how hard that is to hear when you really don't believe it. I promise you that there is a way to just find what I call grace, but you may call something else. It could be that, you know, your mom calls you every day, or it could be the friend that will always have your back. Uh, It could be a song that you listen to or a book that brings you comfort or, you know, the way a certain, I don't know, shirt makes I don't know what I'm fucking talking about. Here's my goddamn dryer. Listen to this. I don't know if you can hear it. It's like a fucking ice cream truck. It could be ice cream. Whatever it is that makes you feel for a minute, for a second, for like a nanosecond that you are comforted, lean the fuck into that. Lean in so hard it hurts. And hold on to it and ask for what you need. That's the other piece. That's the piece that's really hard for me. It feels like I'm asking for the world. It also feels really selfish and arrogant to be like, hi. I mean, my particular thing that I needed in this particular moment, in this particular slump, was to say, I need specifics. Thinking of you, sending you vibes, heart emojis, they made me angry. And it wasn't anybody's fault. That's just how it was entering my psyche. It was pissing me off. Because, like, sure, you can that's easy to send. And I'm not saying no one's trying. I'm saying I love all of the messages that I get. It's the kindest thing. But I'm not in your head. And I often have found that a lot of people, you know, I've heard when Alan died, obviously, that everyone was talking about me. Of course, everyone's trying to check in on me. I've heard a million times people like, oh my God, Janine, you don't even know that, you know, we were worried about you. We all had conversations. And I want to be like, excuse me, can I be part of those conversations? I don't want to, it's FOMO to the max. Like, fear of missing out. I don't want to miss out on these conversations. Obviously, you don't want to bother me or weigh me down, but if you're thinking of me, what are you thinking about? If you're sending me love, what is it about me that you love? And it was hard to ask for that because it's basically me being like, hey, can you tell me all the reasons why I'm important and I matter? But what the fuck else am I supposed to ask for? I wish I had told Alan every day all the reasons that he mattered and all the reasons why I sent him love and why I'm thinking about him. Not that I'm going to die tomorrow, but I could die tomorrow. I mean, who knows? So to ask for you to be specific in telling me why I matter to you and who I am at my heart, like at my core being, because I lost sight of it in the haze and the fog and yell fucking delivered like champions because that's who you are. But if you need something else, if you need to be listened to or you need to be, you need someone to yell at or you want to go punch a back, like I know it's really hard I wrote mine out in a Facebook status, and that's why I like social media. 
because it would have been really hard for me to look at someone in the eye and be like, can you tell me why you love me? The only person I would say that to is Alan. And he, even he would be like, Janine, relax, let's get tacos. So if you want to write it in a letter or you want to make a phone call or you want to just like, I don't know, I just really encourage you, no matter what you're feeling, to ask for what you need. You are your own advocate. You are your biggest champion. You have to. You have to look inside yourself and find that little piece. You are your own grace. Hot damn you are. And once you find that, you'll be able to sort of shine that light outwards and find the grace that is around you. It's there. You gotta start inward first, though. Fucking sucks. Yeah. We're all just muddling through somehow. Merry Christmas. God, that's coming up.